Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday the 13th. Yes, Friday the 13th. The 13th day of November in the year 2020. Today, I will be talking about the concept of free and fair elections and addressing the question of what happens when a supposedly self-governing people do not have free and fair elections. First, I will tell you the Castle family is doing fine again. I have at least partially recovered from my melancholy, and everyone else is happy and healthy in this family. I have to mention that last Wednesday was Veterans Day, and Tuesday, the 10th of November, was the 245th birthday of the Marine Corps, my service there now, almost 50 years ago, but not forgotten. Now some commentary about our recent presidential elections. There are so many things that could bring about the destruction of the American Republic, but one of the most obvious is a corrupt election process. We find ourselves today in a fight for the continuation of the Republic, ultimately for the survival of Western civilization itself. The stakes could not be higher than they are right now. Some people are so used to losing, so self-loathing, so involved in the propaganda that they immediately capitulate to the enemy, but others realize that sometimes fighting to the end, even to the last man, is preferable to surrender. The media immediately declare Joe Biden the winner, despite the many races still in doubt and amid growing evidence of fraud. The media told us repeatedly that enough people voted for Joe Biden to elect him, even though his campaign rallies when he had them went unattended. The media worked night and day to discredit the many lawsuits challenging election results across the nation. If they are so certain these cases are frivolous or of no consequence, why not wait until they're finished to report the results? There is plenty of evidence, mountains of it, that this election was fraudulently stolen to justify declaring Donald Trump the winner or at least conducting a free and open election. One wonders how the voting population would react in a second vote if they knew their first vote had been stolen. The real question is whether the Republican Party and the courts of the United States have the guts to face the consequences the whole world would then know that the Democrats, with the assistance of the media, conspired to steal a presidential election and would thereby reduce America to the status of banana republic would the damage to the reputation of the nation, the potential political instability, be worth it? To me, it would be worth it, because the fraud must be trapped and exposed if it is to be prevented from happening again. It's obvious that the Democrats are not fearful of it being necessary again. They won't need to use it again, in other words, because they're building and are very close to having a permanent power base, the rubes out there in flyover country. That land that I will refer to as Red State America. Know that the election was stolen. The question is, will those people ever have confidence in and respect for their country again? Will they ever again respect the rule of law or what used to be the rule of law in America? Is preventing a loss of confidence in the world, potential political instability here at home, worth a complete demolition of the rule of law in the minds of the people? 
The downline elections did not work out for the Democrats except in the large Democrat cities. It is more difficult to steal votes and have dead people vote and their pets as well. In other venues, apparently, the congressional elections clearly rejected the Democrat platform upon which the Biden-Harris team relied. They rejected court packing, which, by the way, isn't about trying to support checks and balances, but instead it's about institutionalizing Democrat power permanently at all three branches of government. They rejected abolishing the Electoral College because it's not about fairness or letting the people have total control. Instead, it's about permanent power for the coastal cities, all firmly in the hands of Democrat politicians. The Democrat politicians, Democrat bureaucrats, corporate media, tech giants, all conspire to build permanent power for themselves. They must imagine they will eventually become part of what the World Economic Forum refers to as the Great Reset. That is just a clever word for global government run by unelected corporate degenerate elite who are a lot more interested in policing your speech and your cultural attitude than in improving your standard of living. The headline of the New York Times reads, quote, Biden beats Trump. The subheadline reads, race is finally called after record turnout. Chaotic term ends with rare incumbent loss, end quote, the calling was done by the New York Times and the rest of the media. They call the race. That's supposed to be the end of it. They called it. They go on to report that Mr. Trump should just do the right thing, as Richard Nixon did back in 1960, when it was obvious that Mayor Daley in Chicago had stolen Illinois, and thus the election for John Kennedy. They want us to do the right thing for America, they say. Do what's best for America, while the uncounted ballots... Continue to pour in all for Joe Biden. I'm not inclined to surrender to such people. I'm not in the mood for meek acceptance of their tyranny. I am becoming immune to their lectures about what is good for America, what's good for me, while they paint honest efforts at fair election as some kind of conspiracy. This de decision is obviously about who will be president, but it's also about who will rule the future. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. The leader of the corporation known officially as Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation recently wrote a letter to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris setting out the demands and expectations of that corporation. I have the letter here in front of me now, so let me give you a few words from it. Quote, as we celebrate his electoral demise, we also know that his political exit does not ensure an end to the intolerable conditions Faced by black people in America, we celebrate the defeat of Trump. We want to make sure supporting black lives is at the forefront of this administration. Without the resounding support of black people, we would be saddled with a very different electoral outcome. In short, black people won this election. Alongside black-led organizations around the nation, Black Lives Matter invested heavily in this election. Vote and organize became our motto, and our electoral justice efforts reached more than 60 million voters. We want something for our vote. We want to be heard, and we want our agenda prioritized. We issue these expectations not just because black people are the most consistent, reliable voters for Democrats, but also because black people are truly living in crisis. 
in a nation that was built on our subjugation, end quote. Well, folks, I won't go on with this letter, but you get the idea. I will add that whatever Joe Biden does to appease her will not be enough to make her love him. She will never love him. She will never stop her demands. To me, this letter is not about racial justice at all. It's not about racial healing either. It's about racial hatred and animosity and about we want something for our vote. That letter was written by a woman full of hate for this country that she needs, she seeks to control by uniting all black people to vote the same way. Her corporation has assets in the hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions. The money comes from corporations all over the world, especially the Soros Open Society Foundation. These are corporations set up for the particip participation in the great reset that is now upon us. This sends a message of ethnic cleansing against all those red state bad white people. It is the wrong message at the wrong time. This morning as Joan and I were driving to work, I guess she could sense my despair. She said, this is all a trend. It's just a pendulum. It will swing back the other direction in time. Joan, I said, that's a comforting theory, but I can refute it with one word, demographics. Most of the millennials and other young Americans are clearly in the enemy's camp thanks to generations of brainwashing. And the enemy's government schools, their birth rates are crashing as they are across the West. While third world birth rates were soaring, Kamala Harris had a large banner placed over the door of her transition office that said, quote, dreamers welcome, end quote. Well, Kamala. Your dream is my nightmare, but that's another story. No, Joan, I said America's time as a free constitutional republic is finished. Unless we win now, we must be willing to fight to the death right now to achieve a fair and non-fraudulent result from this election. Then if we lose fairly, so be it. The sheer magnitude of the fraud makes it impossible to conceal. There it is in front of our eyes despite the corporate media's attempts to hide it, the deep six action the media gave the Hunter Biden scandal is the best example I can think of. Will we just accept it and with it the demise of our country, perhaps the final nail in the coffin of our civilization or not? Finally, folks, power attracts the worst people like flies to awful. Once in power, the worst people can use fake money to buy votes. And stay in power. Why should Joe Biden restrain himself from rewarding his friends since, after all, it's not his money? It can be given away and created infinitely without any consequences. The rule of law is obviously no longer a consideration in anything here in America. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.